everyone. Welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller. And today I want to talk to you about managing conflict and communication. Think about the last time that you experienced conflict with another person. Maybe it was your boss, your coworker, your spouse. Maybe it was your significant other, or maybe you even had conflict with a client. But think about what you were experiencing when you were going through that conflict with that person. My guess is for a lot of us, our heart starts racing, our thoughts are racing. Um, we get shortness of breath. I know for me, when I'm in the middle of conflict, my voice gets really shaky, which is my biggest annoyance of all, because that's a dead giveaway that the stress response is kicking in. Um, but oftentimes our worst fears kick in. We go through these what if scenarios like, what if I lose my job? What if this is the end of our relationship? And so those fears get really, really heightened. But when stress is high, emotions get high, our anxiety kicks in, and we often then, we're not able to think rationally. And that's why so many times during conflict, we get these knee-jerk responses that we regret. And conflict goes south, and we have these negative connotations about conflict, which is why so many of us fear it or we avoid any conflict at all costs. You'll find, you'll hear people all the time saying, oh, I just don't like conflict. And really it's probably because somewhere in their lives they've had a negative interaction with someone. But my contention is, what if it doesn't need to be that way? And trust me, I don't think that conflict needs to be contentious. What if we can just agree to disagree or disagree with another person's opinion, but we can still respect them and value them as an individual? And I think we can. And that's why today I'm going to share some tools to help you manage difficult conversations so that you can stay calm during these times of conflict and recognize that someone doesn't need to be right. And then inherently that would assume that someone else needs to be wrong. And it doesn't have to go that way. Every disagreement doesn't have to be win, lose, or draw. So here's a side note. What often makes conflict so difficult is that we all approach it differently. We all have these different experiences and different value systems about conflict in general. So some people grew up where there was conflict in the home, but it was normalized and it was healthy, where two people could disagree but still respect one another. Conflict wasn't viewed as bad or good. It was just healthy discussion between two people where they could disagree, but again, still value one another. And other people's perspective was welcomed. And other people grew up in these homes where conflict was highly contentious. It was competitive. Somebody had to be right, and therefore somebody else must be wrong. It was either a winner or a loser, and the stakes were high because ego was at stake. And it was about being right. It wasn't about being heard. It was about being right. And then others might have grown up in these high conflict situations 
where there was name calling or worse. And so conflict could mean danger. And for those people, conflict is really scary and it's fear inducing. And so they, they do avoid it at any cost. But I think that no matter how we grew up or how we've dealt with conflict up to this point, my goal is that this podcast is going to give you some tools to see conflict as something that is just part of communication, something you can manage with a lot less stress, a lot less anxiety, and more of a sense of empowerment and personal control. Because to have relationships means that we have to be able to have conflict and it doesn't have to be difficult and it doesn't mean that the relationship has to end. So I have some steps to help you manage conflict, but first I want to start with an important consideration. Before you engage with anyone about any topic, I think it's important to recognize the role that you play. So if you hear nothing else during this episode. Again, my name is Angie Miller, and I'm talking about managing conflict and communication. So if you hear nothing else, I hope you remember this. I believe that managing conflict isn't about learning how to manage difficult people. I believe that it's about learning how to manage you when dealing with difficult people. And there is a big difference there. We can't manage or change other people. We can't change their behavior or their emotions or their responses, but we can manage us. And so we play a pivotal role in communication, whether there's conflict or whether it's just going beautifully. So maybe you're thinking, well, I don't see why I should change. My boss is a big old jerk, or it's my sister who can't get along with anyone. And maybe those things are true, but it's your health and it's your joy that I care the most about. Okay. Other people's bad behavior does not need to be the source of our stress. It's on them. It's like we hand them their life on a platter and we say, you get to keep you with all your joy or all your misery, whatever it is. So what I want is to give you some tools to make your communication with them more effective and less triggering and less stressful. So sit tight because I've got some answers. So number one, the first rule to help manage communication, difficult communication, is to open the conversation with purpose. So it's always a good idea to prepare for difficult conversations. I personally am highly triggered by difficult conversations. I do have a little bit of a fear of conflict. Don't tell anyone. And so I'm a preparer and then an over-preparer and then a triple preparer because I find that if I prepare for the conversation, I'm less likely to become triggered in a negative way. So you don't have to rehearse. You don't have to create a script, but do make sure you're clear on your purpose and what your goal is. What do you want to accomplish by addressing this concern with this person? And if you do this, you're more likely to stay on topic. If you hone in on the root of the problem right away, you're going to lessen the probability that the conversation's going to go way off in left field and this person's going to take you on this low road that you don't want to go. So explain your position using I statements. And I know we've all heard this since like kindergarten, but it's so important. But it's not just I statements. It's also inclusive language. So it's we and us 
versus you and me. So it's, we're in this together. We need to find resolution, not you're this and I'm this. So I've noticed that we're struggling with communication on this new senior fitness project. I'm hoping we can come up with some positive solutions. Or I've noticed that recently you've had to cancel some of our sessions at the last minute. And I'm hoping that we can work together to find a different time or a way to help keep you on track. So that's number one, right? Just to open the conversation and explain your position. Okay. Open with purpose. Number two is listen. So after you've opened with purpose, you've stated your concerns before you deep dive into your feelings and your frustrations and your opinions, I'm going to ask you to do something that I know is difficult for a lot of us. I'm going to ask that you just sit back and listen. You've opened with purpose. You've, you've invited in a conversation. And now my goal would be for you to give them the floor, make it about them. So you're inviting the conversation, you're opening the topic, but before you give your opinion, listen to theirs. And I have to tell you, this is one of the most powerful things you can do because when you understand where other people are coming from, you actually gain an edge in the conversation, not because you want to win, but because you better understand them. And so maybe what you were going to say, and maybe your rebuttal is, is non is insignificant because now you better understand where they're coming from. So before you give their, your opinions, you want to listen to theirs. And keep in mind that listening is such a powerful, powerful tool. In fact, I've done lots of different workshops just on how to be a good listener. So during conflict, if we stop, we pause, we breathe, we close our mouth, and we listen to the other person. Not only do we get a chance to hear what they're saying and where they're coming from, we get to develop this, this empathic understanding of why they feel the way they feel. What is the emotion behind their opinion? Because they're, they're a person. They're not just an opinion. And therefore, we can build empathy. But here is the caveat with listening. We're listening to understand, not to respond. So keep that in mind. You're listening to understand where they're coming from, not because you're building rebuttal and you're trying to figure out how you're going to respond. You're not listening to, you know, so that you can be like, well, I need to know how I'm going to argue this point. Nope. You're listening because you want to understand. Listening is free. It doesn't signify agreement. It just signifies acknowledgement. And we all want to feel acknowledged and heard. So it signals that you value me. I value you when I listen to you. I'm interested in your perspective even if I don't agree with it. And remember that part of active listening requires that we ask prodding questions. We're inviting them to tell us more. So other people's opinions and their strong vindications often stem from personal experience. There's usually a story there. People generally stand strong on a topic if there's a story there, like something has happened in their life that makes them feel so strongly about this situation. So questions elicit information. Information builds understanding. So it's about, tell me more. Help me to understand this. Oftentimes, just by listening to someone, we resolve the conflict before we even have to go any further. Because again, when people feel heard, they feel valued. And it's less about outcomes for most of us. And it's just more about, are you listening to me? Are you hearing me? 
Are you valuing what I have to say? So again, I'm Angie Miller, and I'm talking about conflict and communication. And I'm talking about how first and foremost, we open with purpose. And secondly, after we open with purpose and we invite in our concern, I'm noticing this or I'm recognizing this, we just sit back and we listen. The only role we have to play is just to be a listener. Just like counselors and therapists do, they give you the floor, they listen to your story. It doesn't mean they agree with everything you say, but they want to understand you before they can help you in your journey. So another thing about listening to people is that it helps us to get a better idea of who they are. And oftentimes this means that we can predict their responses in the future. And that might not seem significant, but trust me, it is. Because if I understand you and I can better predict how you're going to respond to situations, I don't feel so caught off guard. I don't feel like you're going to blindside me because I kind of have you all figured out now. So here's an example. I have a client who was always talking about her boss and how her boss micromanages her. And every conversation starts with a teaching moment. And it's a huge trigger for my, my client because my client is a self-proclaimed perfectionist. So what she hears is everything she's doing wrong and she can't get past that. So we started discussing options on how she could approach her boss and talk about her concerns. But we also talked about the power of how predictable her boss is and how there's some comfort that my client kind of always knows what to expect here. So it's like, of course, my boss is going to start every conversation with a teaching moment. It's what she does. And once my client took that approach, she then was able to hear the compliments that followed the teaching moments because that's how it always went. The boss would start with a teachable moment, then she'd lead into compliments. Now, my client wished that it was in reverse, that she'd start with the compliments and then go to the teachable moments, but we can't change other people. So we can just accept that this is who they are and what they do. We're better able to predict it and we're less triggered. Okay. So number three, and again, I'm Angie Miller. I'm talking about managing conflict in conversations or communication, because for all of us, if you have a relationship with people, you're going to experience conflict. It's healthy. It's not bad. It doesn't make you a bad person. So number three, after you've listened, you've opened with purpose, now you've listened, and now you're going to reflect what you heard. Not verbatim, but kind of like in motivational interviewing in the oars, where you ask an open-ended question, and then there's affirmations, reflections, and summaries. So you want to reflect in your own words what you heard, just to clarify understanding. And sometimes when they hear their words reflected back, they kind of recognize the role they play, um, or maybe they realize they're making the situation more difficult. Oftentimes, it just gives them a chance to clarify what they mean. So you could say things like, I hear you saying that you're struggling to make it to our session on time because you're having difficulty in your relationship and you're not sleeping very well. Or I hear you say that you're struggling with my role in the Women's Fitness Project because it feels to you like I'm not doing my part. So you're just reflecting what you heard. Again, it's not time for rebuttal. It's not time to argue. You've opened with purpose. You've listened to them. And now you're reflecting what you heard them say. Doesn't mean you agree, but you want to make sure you understand.
So number four, explain your position. So guess what? It's your turn now. Now that you've sat back and you've listened, you've authentically validated their concerns, you really know where they stand, you're in a much better position to explain where you're coming from. You have an inherent understanding of them and their story. You have empathy now, so you're less triggered and you're less likely to say things that you're going to regret. So you've heard their concerns, you've listened to their thoughts and opinions, here's your chance, the floor is yours. Now you get to go in calmly and respectfully and explain your position using inclusive language. So again, it's we and us, not you versus me. Instead of, well, you're doing this or pivoting and, and you know turn the, turning the tables on them and getting defensive, using inclusive language like, I hear your concerns and I believe we can come up with a positive solution. Maybe we can find a different time or a different day, or maybe we can do shorter sessions. Or I hear your frustration, and maybe we can come up with a schedule for the project. And we could divide responsibilities so that we're both feeling like we are contributing equally. So when you're doing this, when you're kind of stating your position, be sure to also take this opportunity to recognize what's working, what's going well. So we, you build the communication outside of conflict. Um, I remember, you know, a side note, when my girls were teenagers, and I remember reading an article that if it's really difficult to communicate with them and they won't talk, Communicate with them the way they like to be communicated with, and that's generally through text. So I would find myself texting my daughters, even if they were in the same house with me, because that was how they liked to communicate, and I would often get more information out of them. And so, you know, it's about going with what's working instead of focusing on what's not working. Instead of being frustrated that they wouldn't talk to me, I was just happy that I found a way to communicate with them that made them comfortable. So when you're talking about what's working, it could be things like, I feel like when we worked on developing that program for seniors together, we did really well. And we had this good working relationship because you're good at writing and you're good at putting your thoughts into words. So maybe we figure out where our strengths lie and we divide up the project accordingly. So here's some rules of engagement, though, when you're explaining your position, okay? Avoid presenting your, your story or your side as the truth. This is, I think, a problem a lot of us get into is we act like our truth is the truth, but it's not the truth. It's just our truth. And everyone has their own truth, turns out. So your perspective is your opinion. It's not the truth. So I hear you say X, Y, Z. And I totally respect that. And I've noticed some other things. And I'm wondering if we can address those as well. I believe this, or I think this, or I wonder about this. So another rule of engagement when you're explaining your position is don't bring in the army. And what I mean by that is don't bring in other people. Don't you love that when somebody gets frustrated with you and they're like, well, everyone thinks this way. And I, I feel like every woman out there goes back to high school and she's super triggered by like the mean girl phenomenon where everyone feels a certain way and all of a sudden you feel ganged up on. Sorry, didn't mean to put everybody into a category there. But you know what? This isn't high school. Just use your voice and allow other, people's to, other people to do the same. 
One-on-one conversations are the best conversations. Even if you think you know that 100 people feel a certain way, let them use their voice. Let them take it up. So number five, last but not least, it's now time to seek solutions. And if there's no solution, just find middle ground or agree to disagree. Once you've both stated your opinions, your concerns, your beliefs, determine, now what? Where do we go from here? In most instances, I have found that it's enough that you just heard one another. It's enough that you understand one another's stories. You respect each other. You've built empathy for one another. You're more than an opinion. But in other situations, um, there could there could just be a simple fix and that that communication got you closer to it. If there's not a solution that you can both agree on and you can't find middle ground or you can't find a compromise, then maybe you just agree to disagree, okay? Um, I think if we both feel strongly about our position, how about if we just move forward and we accept that we see things differently? That's just kind of the way it is. So again, I'm Angie Miller. I'm talking about managing conflict and communication. And I started out by talking about recognizing the role you play. And then I went into opening with purpose and then listening and then reflecting and then stating your what is your opinion or, you know, giving your kind of side of the story or otherwise known as explaining your position. And then last but not least, seeking solutions. So here's a couple of additional rules of engagement I think is worth kind of talking about. And that is be aware of escalators. Okay. So these are people who are more naturally combative. They they sometimes thrive off of escalating situations. Maybe they're kind of on the bully side. Remember I talked about energy vampires. I did a two-part series on energy vampires. So maybe they they kind of like to bully and throw you off balance. So escalators might make statements like you're making a mountain out of a molehill or you're too sensitive or you always take things personal or they speak in absolutes always never um or maybe they just immediately trigger and get super defensive and you're like whoa where's that coming from or maybe they're highly reactive and they start yelling so but there's also nonverbal behaviors that can be escalators like they can use a tone of voice like, oh, you're boring me already. Or maybe they exchange a knowing look with someone else, or they start texting on their phone like they're disinterested, or they cross their arms or look like they've never been so bored in their life. So escalators like to pull you in and see if you'll take the bait. But again, recognize your role. You already know this about this person. Maybe they are a bully. And you know what? That's on them. That's who they are as a person. We're not going to change that. So you could ask for a timeout. You could move locations. There's a lot of research to support that when you're in the middle of high conflict, if you're not getting anywhere, just change rooms or go outside. You can change your tone. If they get loud, you get soft. But just remember that your response is key. You can diffuse the situation just by staying calm and not taking the bait and not being defensive. And then last but not least, remember to separate the person from their behavior. I remember when my mom was sick and she had dementia and the doctor would say, separate your mom from the behavior. This isn't your mom. She's, this is 
the disease exhibiting these behaviors. Just assume that everyone has good intentions. Let's just assume that everyone is doing their personal best. And even though we're all doing our personal best, we've all been someone's problem at some point. I know that I have, and I'm going to guess you have too. So we dislike the behavior. We don't just like the person. You know, I remember when my kids were toddlers and they would throw temper tantrums. I disliked their behavior. I didn't dislike them as a person. There are times when my husband, after 30 years of marriage, he says things and I'm like, oh my gosh, did that really just come out of your mouth? And I dislike what he said, but I don't dislike him as a person. So separate the person from the behavior. Remember, we've all been difficult at some point, but do you want to be right or do you just want to be heard and valued? So at the end of the day, it's not really the good times, the joys, the smooth sailing that establishes authenticity in relationships. I think it's conflict and how we manage it, how we get through conflict, because that's what strengthens relationships at work and at home. So again, I'm Angie Miller. This is Managing Conflict and Communication. Remember your role. Open with purpose. Listen. Reflect. And did I forget my order here? Listen, reflect, and then you get to explain your position and then seek solutions. So I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback on font conflict and communication. I so appreciate you joining me today and I'll see you next time.